بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين May Allah bless all of you for being here tonight We ask Allah to accept our prayers And we ask Allah to help all of us to come closer to Him Little by little as best we can Amin Rabbil Alameen To the best of my understanding Tonight is the first night of the Hijjah Meaning tomorrow will be day one of the Hijjah Which would mean that the day of Arafah Would end up being on a Friday And uh, the 10th, i.e. the day uh, of Eid Would be on a Saturday, inshallah That's to my understanding um, We ask Allah to help us to do what we can During these best 10 days And there's also the opinion that The first 10 nights of the Hijjah Are the best 10 nights The other opinion is the last 10 nights of Ramadan So as Hadis Bay And I, we were talking about very briefly earlier If you take advantage of both 10 nights Then you're guaranteed to get a whole lot of Ajr, a whole lot of good deeds And we ask Allah to accept all of our good deeds Amin Rabbil Alameen Okay, we'll be moving on to the next wisdom So this book is called Hidden Blessings 40 Wisdoms Behind Calamities, Difficulties, Trials, and Tribulations uh, The reason why this book was selected a few months ago Is pretty self-explanatory Because the last couple years have been uh, unprecedented In terms of their difficulty, the challenges uh, a lot of unique challenges, especially related to COVID and quarantining and all kinds of different things. We ask Allah to turn all of our hardships into ease and we ask Allah for ease in both this life and most importantly the next. Wisdom 11, uh, the slave of Allah or the slave of bounties? Question mark. The slave of Allah or the slave of bounties? Hakim al-Ummah, rahimahullah said, if someone thinks... If I am blessed with bounties, then I will be Allah's obedient slave. But if I am deprived of these blessings, then I will complain. Then know that this person is not the slave of Allah. Rather, he is the slave of blessings, and it is these blessings that are the true, the true object of his worship. When blessings come, he is pleased and happy, and if the blessings go, then he becomes displeased. Know that we have been sent to this world to be slaves of Allah, not slaves of bounties and blessings. We'll cover more than two today, just because some of them are a bit short. Wisdom 12, sadness over loss is not contrary to contentment in Allah's decree, i.e., it's okay to be sad in connection with loss. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, that you're not content with the qadr of Allah. Hakim al-Ummah Hakim al is an honorary title for the scholar who wrote the uh, original book. So it was translated by Sheikh Tamim. Uh, but Hakim al-Ummah refers to Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanwi uh, from the subcontinent. Uh, he, he's passed away, but he's more of a contemporary scholar as opposed to uh, someone from too long ago There's definitely still a lot of benefit In many gems over time But just for a little bit of context Hakim al-Ummah is, is an honorary reference To uh, the scholar who originally authored this book And then Sheikh Tamim translated it Hakim al-Ummah said The reality of being content with Allah's decree Is to not object to His decree However, to become sad over worldly loss is a part of human nature. We are not blamed or held accountable for the sadness and pain we may feel because of worldly loss. Instead, what we are held accountable for is complaining or objecting against His decree. And then the commentary says, 
being pleased with Allah's decree is necessary for every believer in every situation that Allah has kept him in. Hakim al-Ummah here is explaining that if a person feels sad over some loss that he has suffered, this does not go against being pleased with Allah's decree. Being pleased with Allah's decree simply means accepting it, submitting to it, and not objecting against it. The natural feeling of sadness does not go against this. Uh, a... Uh, a good example of this is from the life of the Prophet himself والسلام, when he lost subhanAllah he lost six out of seven of his children and so he buried six out of seven of his children only Sayyidah Fatima outlived him radiallahu anha and even she passed away uh, not too long after him radiallahu anha uh, after his third son passed away, we ask Allah to protect all of our children regardless of gender. Uh, after his, his third son Ibrahim passed away uh, when he was little, the Prophet, he was crying and a Sahabi asked him, like, even you cry, Ya Rasulullah? And he responded, yes, the eyes shed tears, the heart grieves, and the tongue only says what is pleasing to Allah. So this is a good example of Yes, the Prophet accepts the decree of Allah. He recognizes that this is something out of his hands, والسلام, but he still shed tears and he still felt that sadness. But even then, it was within general, um, general, I guess you could say, acceptable parameters, meaning it, it didn't go past the general Islamic uh, guidelines and boundaries of, for example, uh, wailing or you know, someone may tear their clothes. Or, I mean, the, the idea is to keep things so it's perfectly acceptable and valid to grieve and to and to to feel that pain and to feel that sense of loss feeling that is to be human no one would go to the prophet ﷺ in their right mind during the year of sorrow after he loses his wife khadija his uncle abu talib he goes to ta'if and that ended horribly the year after that is known as the year of sorrow no one would go to the prophet ﷺ during that year of sorrow, I think nowadays we would translate it as the year of depression, no one would go to him and say, why are you so sad over losing Khadija? Isn't, isn't your iman stronger than that? Unfortunately, a lot of Muslims nowadays fall into that trap where they think that if you feel human emotion, it means that your iman is weak. That's not the case. No one would go to the Prophet and say, oh, are you sad because your iman is weak? Nobody would. He was a human being, the greatest human being, and through his example, through the Qur'an, through the life of the Prophet, through stories of the Prophets in general, no one would go to Prophet Yaqub, the father of Prophet Yusuf, no one would go to Prophet Yaqub and say, you know, why have you been crying for so many years, even after losing your son, to the point where you've become physically blind? Are you not content with Allah's decree? What is wrong with you? Is your iman suffering? Is it struggling? No one would go to him and say that. So we need to reflect on these stories and realize that it's human to feel these things. It's human to cry. It's human. Prophet Yaqub alayhi salam, it's mentioned in the Quran, that he had cried so much that he actually lost his vision, that he, that he became blind. This is years after losing his son Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam. So the, the point is, there is room for perfectly acceptable human emotions, 
how he responded is also mentioned in the surah innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah wa a'lamu min allahi ma la ta'lamun that yes he would complain he would complain to allah there's a time and a place to to complain to people within general parameters um so they're, 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 so long as so long as it's within that that that's understandably acceptable the point is there's room for human emotion. So for this point, Wisdom 12, sadness over loss is not contrary to contentment in Allah's decree. So we need to understand this with uh, some some wisdom and we ask Allah to make it easy for all of us. The next wisdom, Wisdom 13, whatever He bestows, Allah, whatever He bestows, don't worry, the candy's coming, but keep listening patiently, we're almost done. You guys are doing a great job so far, but keep doing a great job, we're almost there. Can, I, can we get to it in one... Save your question. I'm really happy to hear it. Can you save it for like one minute? Okay. Thank you. Whatever he bestows is what is appropriate. Hakim al-Umma rahimahullah said, whatever the true master, referring to Allah, Maliki al-Madin, the master of the day of deen, the day of judgment, whatever the true master bestows is what is appropriate at that particular time. One should not wish or desire anything other than that. The, of course, this is to be um, contextualized appropriately. The the idea behind this, you find this in many different self help self help books and lectures and and talks and interviews and all that. That there's this the the attitude of the believer, generally speaking, is the attitude not of not of a victim but of a victor, meaning. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are like really difficult challenges that happen. Okay, how can I try to navigate it? How can I try to make the most of it? How can I, you know, turn lemons into lemonade? How can this be something that brings me closer to Allah? How can this be something that eventually benefits me in the akhirah? And it'll probably end up benefiting in the dunya as well. A good example of this is Umm Salama radiallahu anha. Uh, from from the generation of the Sahaba, she lost her husband Abu Salama, and it's worth noting that they had a really solid relationship. Mashallah. So when her husband passed away, there was understandably uh, a deep level of grievance, and she responded. Part of her response was to make a du'a that before that she had learned from her husband on another occasion. To respond by saying, "Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi rajiun, Allahumma adurni fi musibati wa khulufi khaira minha." That there's no doubt we belong to Allah and we're going to return to Him. I.e., this too shall pass. The dunya is temporary, both the good and the bad. Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi rajiun, Allahumma adurni fi musibati. O Allah, reward me for trying to deal with this challenge, with this calamity, and replace it with something better. So she makes this du'a. And understandably, it's so. The important thing is she still makes the du'a, but there's there's a part of her that, like, is not questioning the du'a, but in her mind, who could be a better husband than Abu Salama? Because the du'a at the end of it and replace this challenge with something better. She ends up getting a proposal from Sayyidina Abu Bakr, and she turns it down. Sayyidina Omar, and she turns it down. Eventually, she gets a proposal from. The Prophet himself, So think of how Allah answered her du'a. Initially, there's the, this half-hearted feeling, understandably, of who could possibly be better than him, 
than, than Abu Salama, her husband who had passed away. She makes the dua anyways, leaving it to Allah. She ends up getting a proposal from the best person ever, the greatest husband ever, alayhi salatu wasalam. And so when she gets the proposal from the Prophet, she mentions a couple of her concerns that she already has kids and you know she's a little bit older in age. And so she mentions a couple concerns and the Prophet reassures her regarding the different concerns that she mentioned. Basically, don't worry about it. You know, you're worried about your age. I'm older than you, right? You're, you have kids. I have, you know, your kids are, they're going to be like my kids. So the Prophet was reassuring. The point is, she made this dua not knowing how could this possibly, you know, uh, be answered basically from, from the human perspective. But look at how Allah answered it. And she ended up with the Prophet as, uh, as her husband. So there was the challenge. There was also the understanding of Allah's decree that this is out of my hands. She made the dua anyways, and then it was also within Allah's decree for her to end up marrying the Prophet, and she became our mother, Umm Salama. Last thing I'll mention, she gave, she played a very critical part in the seerah uh, in general, but especially at the time of Hudaybiyah, when the Prophet has all these Sahaba with him, they're so excited to go for Umrah, and then Hudaybiyah happens, and they're told that not this year, it's going to be next year. And they were devastated. They were looking forward to it so much and so enthusiastic. So when the, pro- the treaty was negotiated and the Prophet told them not this year, but next year, they were, they were basically in a state of shock. Like they, they, and it's worth noting, they were always so good, radiallahu anhum, at responding to the Prophet, listening to the Prophet, obeying to the Prophet. If the Prophet says jump, they say how high, radiallahu anhum. So when the Prophet tells them, we still need to cut our hair and we still need to sacrifice these animals, like, they were in a state of shock. They didn't do anything. So the Prophet, and that was very abnormal. Normally, they'd be, they would jump at it. He goes back and he consults Umm Salama and he asks her, what do you think I should do? And she was extremely wise. And she gave him the wisdom in this moment, basically of crisis in a sense, if you do it and you don't say anything, if you do it, they'll see you doing it, they'll probably end up doing it. The Prophet said, okay, that's a good idea. So without saying anything, he goes, he cuts his hair, he sacrifices his animal. They saw it and that's exactly what ended up happening. They saw him doing it and they ended up doing it themselves. Uh, so what, what I appreciate about this book is that it highlights different ways to look at different challenges and it gives a couple rays of sunshine that, you know, maybe things will get better. Hopefully things will get better. What if things do get better? God knows how, who, when, where. What, Allah knows the details, but we, we ask Allah uh, to help all of us and to help anyone struggling uh, with any challenge. We ask Allah to turn our lemons into lemonade and to show us the silver linings and the different challenges that we may be facing. I will conclude with this before I... I want to see if anyone has any reflections, if anyone wants to share anything that came to mind, uh, please do so. Everyone else will benefit from you sharing whatever it is you want to share. If you have any questions, uh, you can you can ask them. So I'll open it up right after I mention this. There's a specific test that is extra difficult, generally speaking, and that is when across the board, regardless of race or religion, generally speaking, it's especially difficult for parents when they have teenagers, right? If someone 
can manage to be a good teenager, a righteous teenager. They try to be good with Allah, they try to be good with their parents. Inshallah, they're guaranteed Jannah. Why? Because it's so, so unique. It rarely happens. But if you're really trying your best, make dua for the rest of us because you are the 1%, right? So if, if you're trying to put in work, you're trying your best to, you're doing your best, what's between you and Allah? You're doing your best between what's between you and your parents. Secretly, they're probably making dua for you, it's going to be accepted inshallah, and you're going to have all kinds of barakah in dunya and akhirah, but it requires that effort specifically from the you know that teenager those teenagers to just try to do a little bit of good try to avoid bad friends this life and the next will be yours but it requires a little bit of effort okay you've been waiting for your question thank you for being so patient just like prophet ibrahim and then i want to see if anyone else wants to say anything go ahead prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam Good question. So if I say, you know, the, this happened to the Prophet, that's a good question because there were many Prophets. Good question. So it would be Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Does anyone else have any thoughts, any reflections? So I need Luqman. So can you give, uh, you can take this with you and you can go and give anyone here. We'll include high school today. Are you still in high school? Eh, maybe. You just graduated? So you're on the, we'll, we'll count you for now. So you can go around and offer each of them one piece and Ibrahim will get a second piece because he asked the question. Does anyone have, for any age, anyone have any thoughts, any reflections, any anything that they want to share? Uh, you want to share something? Go ahead. Yeah, um, when someone, when, when you, um, but everybody, uh, um, yeah, because the Prophet, Prophet Muhammad, the best Iman, and even he felt sad, even he cried, even he felt these different things. And how he responded is uh, a really powerful lesson that we can all um, learn from. Right? So, Quran, straight medicine, right? Dua, medicine, dhikr, medicine, prayer, medicine. Right, all these different things are, are very soothing and very very helpful. Yes, sir. So, do you want to go around giving them one piece, including him? Yes, you do. Go ahead. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. Idris, he gets one too. You want candy? Here, go ask him. Does anyone else have any any thoughts, comments, reflections uh, before we? Dawood. So you mentioned a really good point that both are a test. If there's something difficult, definitely a test. You mentioned something really important. Even blessings are a test in themselves because let's say someone, they, they ask Allah for an amazing blessing and Allah gives it to them. Are they still going to do good deeds? Are they still going to give sadaqah? Are they still going to... Because they were doing those, which is good when times were difficult. Ya Allah, help me, help me, help me. So they're doing all kinds of good deeds. Awesome. So let's say Allah helps them and give them even more than what they were asking for. Then are they going to keep good deeds going? Or are they going to say, forget all these good deeds. Now that I got the big house that I wanted, for example, in the fancy car, who cares about masjid? Who cares about Quran? Who cares about any good deed? So that's a good point, right? The, 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 the good side of things is also 
uh, a test as well. And we ask we ask Allah to help us to pass all of the tests that are in our lives, whether they're bad, whether they're good, somewhere in between. We ask Allah to help all of us to keep Him as our main focus through both the ups and the downs. And we all want to make it home to the same place. We all want to go home to Jannah. We ask Allah to gather all of us there. Subhanakallahum bihamdik. Nashadun la ilaha ila ant. Nasafirukum tubu ilayk. Walasr inna al-insan la fi khus. Illa al-lazina amanu amanu salihat. Wa tawasab al-haqqi wa tawasab al-sabr. If any of the youth want to play ping pong, then I can open the youth room if you're interested, inshallah. Jazakum khair. Can I get another one? You want another one? Recite one ayah of Quran. No, but I can go for it.